Hello Voices. My name is Joe Choi and I'm a multi-award winning voiceover and host of a voiceover's audio adventure podcast. A bi-weekly show where I learn about the voiceover and audio industry and share with you all of the stories, tips and tricks along the way. Okay, I have experience. I have a home set up and I want to get bigger, more lucrative jobs. I think I need an agent. Some VOs have them, some don't. Years ago, in the UK at least, there were a handful of agents, mostly London-based. They were the go-to places if you were in need of a voice. Over time and the big boom in home setups and access to more voices, there are a lot more and I mean a lot of online boutique agencies and directories. But where do I find one? How do I approach an agent and furthermore, do I really need one? Today's adventure is about voiceover agents. I always thought agents were the be all and end all, but of course, as I've discussed in previous episodes, you can perfectly function without them and earn a living with simply a good marketing strategy, working with clients directly and being on freelance sites. For the most part, this is true, but the aim of the game is to diversify and have multiple streams of possible work. In my experience, agents get you to the so-called premium work. They have access and relationships with production companies and people who you have no idea exist. Most of the bigger jobs I've been lucky enough to be a part of, such as gaming or commercial jobs, have come via agencies. Not only do they have relationships with the clients, but can negotiate fees and terms on your behalf, which takes a lot of weight off your shoulders. As always, I want to hear what some other voiceovers think about the world of agents. Let's listen. Hi, my name is Issy. I'm also known as Issy the Scribe, and I've been in the voice acting business for about seven or eight years now. I love agents. I feel like agents are really important. They've been integral in terms of my career and the jobs I've done. Um, I call them handholders because when it comes to pricing in this business, it's a bit of the Wild West, so agents can really they really understand the market and they can get you a really good deal on particularly larger jobs. And even for just for like everyday kind of corporate narration gigs, things like that. Um, agents are actually really excellent. They are, they're great negotiators. They're great handholders. And they've been integral in terms of kind of where I've gone in terms of the trajectory of my voice acting career. Hello, Joe. My name is Jen Lawson-Hunt and I've been acting on and off for a long time and have done, had done some voiceover roles, but it wasn't really until about a year ago that I really threw myself into the voiceover world, if you will. So built home studio, did a lot more training and just really threw myself into it and absolutely love it. So whilst I'm not new to performance, I am kind of a new voice on the voiceover scene. I don't currently have an agent. I have previously had representation for on-screen theatre acting. I used to live in New Zealand um, and at the time having an agent felt 
essential to getting roles. But since moving back to the UK and focusing more on voice acting, it doesn't feel quite as essential. I guess it feels like you're able to find more work and opportunities yourself. You're less reliant on an agent, but it does feel like there's some elements of the voiceover world that are still kind of with agencies. So the big national, international campaigns or commercials. And I'm really keen on voice voicing for video games and um, doing performance capture. And again, those areas of the industry do feel more through agencies. So I'm definitely keen to seek representation, but it feels more like the cherry on top rather than the absolute essential. It sounds as though the thoughts are shared at least amongst the three of us. You could function perfectly well and book jobs without an agent, but to get to those big boy jobs, you kind of need the help of an agent, for the most part. Okay, so it's that time where I speak with an expert and what better person to reach out to than one of my agents, Alex Griffiths from The VoiceOver Gallery, who I've been working with for about six months now. I wanted to ask him about his journey into agency work, how agencies work with clients, different types of agencies, and of course, the big question, how you can get signed to an agency. So um, my name is Alex Griffiths, and I'm a voiceover agent currently with the Voiceover Gallery. Um, so we're, we're a non-exclusive agency. So we work with voiceover artists all over the world and various different languages. And we also have studios. So we have a studio in Manchester and a studio in London. And as an agency, we kind of work on a sort of end-to-end package or service, if you like. So clients come to us, we find them the voices, and we also um, offer recording, editing, layback, mixing, all that kind of stuff. Okay. And how, how did you become an agent? Like, What, what brought you here today? Um, I became an agent, so I, I feel like quite a lot of people that are agents or working casting have this this kind of story, this kind of route. So I was originally an actor myself, so I went to drama school and did all that. And then when I was a working actor, I I did a bit of voiceover as well. And obviously being an actor is, you know, it's lots of fun. And it's, it's amazing when you've got work and when you've got contracts. But then on the flip side of that, is you have these horrible prolonged periods of time where you've just got no work um, and you've, you've got to find jobs, the, you know, the dreaded day job to, to fill that gap. And one of, my, um, one of my other jobs was assisting a casting director in London. So I just used to, the days, the days I was available, the days I didn't have acting work, I would just go and assist on various different commercial projects and all that kind of stuff. And it got to a point where I, I was kind of doing more work assisting this casting director than what I was doing acting. And it was just sort of a natural progression then. I just made a decision to stay to stay with the casting. I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it, um, that side of the industry, finding finding the actors, finding finding the people. It wasn't even actors. We did I did a lot of sports castings when I first started out. Um, okay. So we literally had to find like, boxers, wrestlers, figure skaters, all this kind of stuff. And I just really enjoyed that. Um, so I kind of turned that into a full-time thing. And then in about 2020, around um, the pandemic time, I, I then decided to, to put the acting completely to one side and followed in, in, in the casting agency kind of world. I worked at an ad agency for a little while, um, doing all their kind of casting, all the in-house casting for um, a digital ad agency. And then after that, 
I started representing representing voices in voiceover and became the voiceover agent, which is where I am today. And when, you know, as an agent, how do clients find you or how do you work with clients versus how myself would get work? Um, it, it, it really varies. Obviously, you'll have um, kind of clients, um, sort of the big, the big massive clients who they will, they will get a casting brief out and they will send it everywhere. So, you know, we will just be one of the people on their list who they're sending it out to. You know, they, they'll, they'll want to hear options from every agency that there is in, in the UK. They might even go further than the UK, um, depending on what it is they're looking for. Um, so in some instances, we'll be, we'll be on their lists. Um, and, and there'll be a reason we're on their list. We're on their list because they know that these are the agencies where they're, they're guaranteed to get, you know, the, the, t- the top voices, the people that can deliver. Um, they will have probably worked with all them agencies before. So, so they're kind of their go-tos. So, so we'll get their casting briefs. As well as that, there are agencies who will specifically just want to work with us because we have a relationship with them. And, you know, um, where I'm at now, the voiceover gallery has been going for, I think, 18 years. So we've got clients who, who have been with us for 18 years um, in terms of, you know, clients that we're, we're putting our voices work on. So, so they have a great relationship with us. So whenever they, they need a voiceover, they trust us. They know that we have, have the goods, so to speak, the yeah. voices. Um, and they know that we can deliver what it is um, that they need. So that's why that's why they come to us. And then as well, obviously, we're networking as well all the time. So you know, we're we're at industry events. We're we're making we're making contacts and meeting people kind of everywhere they go. And as well, we're an agency that we don't just do kind of voiceover. We do localization. We do subtitling. So we ke- we, we we tend to get clients that that might come to us say for subtitling but then realize actually we've got this whole bank of voices so there might be somebody else in their office who is who is working on a new voiceover and we we get it through through them that way um so it's kind of like a snowball a snowball effect so to speak but i think the main overriding thing of how we manage to you know how clients come to us is is through the fact that they they trust that we have a really great product and they trust that we know what we're what we're talking about and can deliver we can deliver them what they need it's it's that personal essence i think as well a lot of our clients yeah. come to us because they like to speak to an agent and have that relationship and then obviously when we cast you know one job we move forward with that um client and we'll we'll likely work on another ad that they've got coming up and of course a lot of people in the, the kind of world of producing ads or not just ads but um, narration tv a lot of them are freelancers as well. So they'll go from different companies and they'll they'll take us with them as one of their contacts. So that's yeah, that's how that's how people come to us. I guess I guess it's you know, you guys as being the middlemen allows the client to basically sit back and allow you to do the work. A finding um, Absolutely. and and arranging, you know, the recording sessions, etc. Because, you know, I've been in contact with clients who come directly to me at times and it's kind of like you have to repeat yourself so many times about the how things work and what needs to be done and how the process is going to be and then this is we're going to record on this day and it sometimes it gets a bit confusing because they're like why why do I need to do it like this why do I have to pay this why do I have to do that and I guess with you guys you kind of handle it would you say that's right a hundred percent yeah I mean one of the the key things that we try to do our clients is just make the process as easy as possible we just want basically them to tell us what they need and then we deliver it 
it's like you say we are the middlemen we've got our amazing bank of voices who we speak to every day who we have a relationship with and then we've got the client coming to us with their needs so we can easily draw that line to go right you need this voice i know that this voice is only available on wednesday afternoon so i'm going to now make sure that the, the 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 information i'm feeding back to you as a client is you know it's going to be a wednesday afternoon and do you know what i mean it's just it's just placing things to make it as simple as possible rather than me going back to a client with a spreadsheet of you know five 500 dates pick a half hour slot in this i can go back to them with you know three potential voices three potential dates and say let me know what works for you um, and yeah yeah we are the middlemen just trying to make things as easy as possible for both the clients and for the voices as well you said um you know you just said that the voiceover gallery has been around for 18 years and you also said that in the beginning um how the voiceover gallery are a non-exclusive agency in my experience yeah. anyway agencies that have normally been around for longer are normally exclusive why would you say some agencies are exclusive versus non-exclusive and what are the pros and cons um i think you're absolutely right i think the majority of the agencies that have been around for a longer period of time do tend to be exclusive we were exclusive ourselves up until i think it's probably coming up to about two years since we've adopted the non-exclusive model and i think there are kind of there are pros and cons to both um being exclusive and being non-exclusive and i don't necessarily think there's a specific overriding reason why you know an agency or an agent would choose to be one or the other it, it, it kind of is just whatever works for them um as an agency and what they want to do in terms of being exclusive you tend to get more of kind of a personal management approach with an exclusive agency they'll tend to be looking after the voice and managing your career whereas i would say as a non-exclusive agency we allow our voices to kind of be with as many agents as they want, be on as many kind of freelance websites as they want. But in turn, we don't have such kind of control over your career and over the other jobs that you're getting, so to speak. Okay. So we're we're happy for you to go out, source your own work. We're happy for your other agents to obviously be looking at work for you. But obviously, we won't be having a dialogue with them, other agents, unless we really need to about what kind of work they're getting you. Um, so we're we're kind of similar to a database I guess in terms of we say these are the jobs we've got we want to put you on this job you know are you up for it whereas I think with kind of the exclusive model there is more of kind of a control and more of a management aspect of of the jobs that you're putting on they, they'll have more of a sense of the work you're doing collectively if that makes sense personally I think the exclusive or non-exclusive agency it, it's down to the vo whichever kind of option the the voice wants to wants yeah. to work with and likewise if you were to be setting up a an agent uh sorry an agency it's down to kind of whatever approach you want to take and whether you want to manage uh, probably i think the exclusive agencies probably have less people on their books because it's it it, it can be a lot of hard work obviously managing individual careers yeah. so it's, it's whether you want to focus more on management of the individual careers or whether you want to focus more on kind of getting more of that end-to-end -end service of people coming to you with with the brief and you finding the voice and then also getting a bit kind of involved in the post-production of the recording so yeah when i got into video i didn't even know there was a difference i just assumed you get an agent and then 
you're off. Or you do like the pay yeah. to plays and, you know, that's a whole nother world in, in itself. And then I realized that I could have multiple agencies. And then when I did get finally mm-hmm. approached by an exclusive agency, I, I kind of didn't see the benefit at that time. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I've, I have a lot of acting friends and the exclusive model seems to work for them because yeah. they are they want to be actors more than the VO side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you said, it's more of a management thing where they control their the, the gigs they get, the acting roles they mm-hmm. get, and it's tailored to them. Whereas if I would say if you're a VO and that's what you want to do, it's better to, the non-exclusive route for me anyway has, has been more fulfilling. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. That's one thing I'd say I would definitely notice is the exclusive agencies tend to have um, a roster of kind of a lot of actors will be on their on their books, whereas the non-exclusive agencies, you tend to see voiceover artists who, you know, have never acted in their life. They, 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 you can obviously get actors and voiceover artists perfect, but you can also get voiceover artists who have absolutely nothing to do with acting. And I yeah. think you find them on the non-exclusive um, agencies a lot more than where you find the actors. I think they, they they go more towards the exclusive model. And I think as well, naturally, as an actor, you know, being an actor, as soon as you go out and start getting an agent, you do tend to follow that, that route of having, well, this is my exclusive agent and they're going to look after my career now. I don't think there's not many actors' agents, you know, not talking about voiceover here, but there's not many actors' agents, I think, that would ever be non-exclusive. Um, that's kind of very much a, a model that's more more specific to the voiceover world. Um, and I, I think it works really well. Um, I think it works. I mean, like you say, you enjoy having that, that non-exclusivity. I, I think it's good. I think it means that, you know, you guys as voiceover artists can, can, you can still, you can take the management of your career yourselves and be, you know, you can pick and choose kind of the jobs that come to you. And you, you have obviously so much more choice in, in what it is that, that you want to you want to take on and you want to work on um, and likewise we can offer our clients so much more choice in terms of the voices available to them as you know non-exclusive agencies you mentioned that when you get multiple um auditions from you know from one client they're sending it out to everybody how mm-hmm. how would that work as a vo if they're getting multiple scripts and they're like who do i go with is there a rule of thumb for that is it first come first serve or, or or do Pick you your favorite one yeah yeah what do you do <laughs> who gets you the most work <laughs> to be honest um yeah that will happen um we like I say, some kind of clients or the the big agencies, uh, the big creative agencies, will send briefs everywhere to everyone. And I guess, to be honest, sometimes it's 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 about speed. Naturally, you might say this this agent has brought it to me first, so I'm going to honour them. Or you know, I'm sure voiceovers probably do have preferred agents and ones that they don't like as much <laughs> or maybe that's the wrong way to word it. But you know, I'm <laughs> sure they probably have their favourites yeah. <laughs> and. If, it, if it's kind of going out to everyone, there there will be instances where our voices will say to us, oh, I've already had this one. Um, okay. Somebody's already sent this one. I've already demoed for it. And that's fine. That That's kind of part of the non-exclusive that, the model. And I think as an agency, that's something that we we have to accept when we, yeah. we are being non-exclusive is that, that sometimes you might have already recorded for it. The only time there would ever be a problem with that is if it's kind of an ongoing job or an ongoing client and then it could potentially be you know sort of a conflict of interest if if we booked you on a job 
say 10 times and then you came to us and go oh actually I'm, I'm booking on this same job now with this other agent we might go oh, hold on a second we've we've kind of booked you on it 10 times well how come you're now doing it with them there might be a bit of a conflict of interest there but generally that's just kind of part of part of being non-exclusive and i think what's really important so it's just because we're non-exclusive it doesn't mean that you know we have a, a kind of roster of thousands of voices who we can't even like put a you know a pitch a, a face to the name we we still very much only kind of take on voices who who we want to work with so to speak so it, it's not like we're just in like a you know taking a blind pick and thinking oh this one will do we still like to try and get to know our voices as as best we can and because we we still have to kind of sell your voice and we still have to make sure that when we're getting all these um these briefs in that we are putting the best voice forward for that job so you know we still do have that personal relationship which i think is really important and how how many would you say you have on the roster right now we have obviously um the international voices and kind of the uk voices so i'm um, i look after the english voices i've got a wonderful team who look after the international voices i would say on the um the english side of things when you kind of break it down into kind of accents um, and all that kind of stuff we've probably got maybe about um, 150 to 200, um, I would say. That's obviously with kind of people who work specifically in certain accents as well. Um, And then people who have kind of a neutral accent or they have their, you know, their native accent and then they also can, you know, turn it up, turn it down. Yeah. So I'd I'd say about that amount. And I'm sure there's, you know, there's loads of people who are listening that are looking for agents. So I wanted to ask you, how many emails do you get a day from voiceovers on average? Ask asking to join the roster. We get we get quite a few. Um, we have a specific email at um, TBG at the Voiceover Gallery, um, which obviously is on the website where we ask voices to send their reels to um, if they're looking for representation. Um, but then obviously people do send them directly to um, agents as well because people are very good at finding emails <laughs> and find out what the email address is, which is which is which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. I would say we we get a lot. Um, the, the the TVG voices email, it's it wouldn't be unusual for there to be you know about a hundred emails in there a week, kind of minimum of people um, people sending in their real people um, just. A lot of people don't send reels as well. People just send in asking for advice and that kind of thing. So we, we get a lot. It, it, it really builds up. I'd say, like I say, yeah, about probably 100 a week, going up to kind of 500 a month, just wow. inquiries, emails. Um, it's, it's, it's a busy inbox and it takes, <laughs> it takes a lot of sorting and a lot of admin. <laughs> I can't even remember how we got in contact, but I remember I messaged the voiceover gallery and it maybe took you about, maybe up to a year to get back to me and and the funny thing is i actually wow. came in i came in to do a job before i was even on the roster yeah and yeah it it i completely forgot about it and then yeah i think you messaged me i can't remember where or when but yeah and it took a while it didn't happen overnight yeah so i i i was thinking this myself actually before um before coming here and i you you went into the studio um, and worked with Joe, um, our head of audio. You did a voiceover and he was your engineer. And yeah. I think you, you must have mentioned to Joe, I've had this voice in. Oh, you, you obviously mentioned to Joe that you were, you were interested potentially in being wrapped. And I think Joe then passed on the message to us. 
And then I remember seeing um, a LinkedIn message. You used the old LinkedIn, um, and I think we put two and two together, and that's how that's how it, it came about. We get a lot of um, obviously LinkedIn messages as well from um, from voices with their reels and that kind of thing. We tr- we obviously we try and get back to sort of as many people as we can in terms of the the sending the reels in. Um, we kind of you get an automatic email back that explains our process and how we how we kind of filter through them and then obviously we just try and listen to as many as we can um, when we get when we get opportunity to listen to them and if we do think there's there's space on our books we'll obviously get get in touch we want to we want to sign people um, but obviously we don't want to we don't want to take on so many people that it, it becomes that thing of saying you know having having too many that we're just blind picking and we don't have any relationship we're we're a non-exclusive agency but we still want to really maintain that that personal relationship with our voices so that we can we can offer our clients the best voices that we can and we we want to be confident as well when we're putting voices on jobs that they're going to go and represent us in in kind of the best light i think if you get too big you you, you don't know kind of what's going to happen <laughs> in the studio kind of thing we 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 trust our, ourselves and we know that when we send voices to the studio, they, they're going to deliver um, and that they're going to be really great with the clients as well. So, yeah, but obviously we're always, always looking for kind of new voices. And what we say as well, if, if we don't sign you or you're not right at that point, part of the beauty of being a non-exclusive agency means that we might get some really obscure brief that means we can still come back to you in the future, even if we've not necessarily signed you we're not necessarily as much as obviously we're working for all the voices that that we have signed and taken on our books voiceover is crazy sometimes you get you know really mad jobs who might say i need a hundred different voices and we might think well well, we don't have a hundred different voices that sound like that but if we can filter back through them and say oh actually we've got this job um can we have a little meeting with you can get to know you a bit and then we can we can put you forward for that do you know what i mean so it, yeah. it, it it goes in circles just because we don't sign somebody straight away doesn't necessarily mean that we're not going to work with them again um in the future so so when people reach out to you what are common mistakes that people make common mistakes um i think I mean, in terms of what I would say is a is a good way to reach out is to send us your reels. So uh, the first mistake is if you don't send a reel, it's kind of just pointless. I need to, the first thing I'm going to do when I get the email is probably listen to the reel whilst I'm kind of scanning through the rest of, you know, the body of your message. So yeah, yeah always, always send me a reel. Uh, actually a, a, a common mistake based on that is if you email me saying that you're in the process of getting a reel mm. it's kind of like just just wait get the reel then email me <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> it's like brilliant that you're in the process of getting it but i'd rather just i'd rather just listen to it likewise as well kind of we obviously get a lot of emails of people saying that they're thinking about becoming a voiceover which again is is great but it's kind of I need to I need to see that real and I need to see that you're you're up for work rather than that you're thinking about it because there's lots of people thinking about it and it would be impossible to kind of get back to all of them and go yeah go for it <laughs> do you know what I mean so um, first thing is always always include your real your most up to date real if you've got different reels if you've got commercial narrative corporate pop them all in attach them or put them on a WeTransfer link um, obviously just make sure the file sizes make sure the email is is sendable so you know it's not super 
huge, that kind of thing. Based on that, if you put a link into kind of a website or if you've got a spotlight link or you've got any other kind of online CV, that's always really useful. Um, just pop it as a link. And I think you don't need to, I think as well as quite a lot of, I think, actors and voiceover artists, specifically, I think when they're, they're just starting out, feel like they need to do something that's really sort of obscure and attention grabbing in emails. And I don't think you do. <laughs> like, you, I think <laughs> like what? sometimes people will put in some like, I don't know, people just sometimes put in like really like stories of really crazy things or something that they think, you know, we're going to read and think, oh, wow. <laughs> but I think what it, what is really good in an email is when you just tell me what your voice, what your voice sounds like, what kind of thing you've worked on in the past or, or what you do. If you've got kind of a home studio set up or anything like that, that's really useful to know. And then just your reels. I think that's perfect. To me, it's somebody who literally just sells themselves in a really professional way that that's going to entice me in. People kind of tell you like, they'll tell you the most obscure job they've ever done, which, okay, yeah, that's cool. But I want to know kind of the the day to day because we're not going to be booking you on, you know, the most obscure, crazy, weird jobs that you've ever done. You know, it's nice to obviously show a bit of personality, but don't kind of think that thinking of something really crazy or telling me what football team you support is necessarily going to be <laughs> the most useful yeah. thing to put in there. Um, I think just just have the goods, the reels, a little bit about your voice, what you've worked on, if you've got a home studio, where you're based your accent, that kind of thing, and then just, just sign it off. So so would you take somebody that, that has a demo but doesn't have much experience? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you've got a demo, that, that that's the main thing we're kind of looking for. Um, yeah. We can, obviously, you'll know that different jobs require kind of a different level of experience. You can get kind of, really intense jobs um the ones that come to mind are probably kind of like the the medical um pharmaceutical um jobs where you can get scripts that are like thousands of words and then there's words that are like a hundred letters long and have lots of z's x y's in that you just are like how the hell do you do you pronounce that word like honestly some of the scripts i look at i'm like how do you guys do this obviously we would take into account your experience and think okay maybe we need to wait before we start putting you forward for for that kind of stuff and there are certain jobs that you know we can we can kind of we can shape the direction that you go in and we, we can still do that as like a non-exclusive agency and obviously the exclusive agencies will have a lot more management in terms of shaping your careers and and, and that that progression but we we can still do that here and we have the knowledge to to be able to do that and yeah, we, we, we've discovered kind of some, some great voices who we, we've signed and then have gone on to work with us for, for a really long time who, who've had literally very little experience um, to start. But yeah, if we, if, we, if, we, if we think there's something there, um, we, would, we would definitely still take them on. I think the main thing about that is that the voice is, they might not necessarily have done you know, tons of jobs before, but they're in the mindset where they're they're ready to to start working. They've done all that kind of that work that's required behind the scenes beforehand. They they've got the real. They've they've maybe done some classes, or if they've not done some classes, they they've done some kind of stuff. You know, they've been practicing their sight reading. They they've done all that stuff, and now they're they're ready. And with that as well, it's just about kind of it's about character, I guess, and ambition of being like, yeah, let, let's go for it, let's do this. 
lot of information. I'm sure a lot of people will be listening to it. <laughs> You'll be getting a lot of emails, I'm From sure. <laughs> <laughs> so be prepared. Well, yeah. <laughs> Prepare for the spam. But <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for your time and um, giving me a lot of wisdom. No and, um, I'm sure it's, it's helped a lot of people as well. So um, yeah, thank you again. And Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I, ho- I hope to be working with you again soon. <laughs> yes, I am sure you will be. I am very sure you will be. So what did I learn from today's conversation? Only contact agents when you have a professional demo at least. Of course, the more demos you have, the better. But the agent needs to hear you clearly and professionally so they know what kind of jobs they can pitch you. When contacting agencies, keep emails brief. Tell them about jobs you may have done in the past, where you are located, if you have a setup, and anything you think may make you stand out in the sea of emails. And of course, don't forget to add your demo. Agents get hundreds of emails a week and won't read the majority of them, so make it count. Know what you want to achieve as a voiceover. Is it your end goal? Are you a presenter, actor, etc.? And video is something you want to do on the side? Do you have an entrepreneurial mindset and like to be in control or Do you want to do the bare minimum? These are all things you may have to think about at some stage and will help determine if an exclusive or a non-exclusive agent will work best for you. Ultimately, you don't need to stress about not having an agent when you start. There are loads of ways to get work and resources to understand the industry. Agents and opportunities will come your way if you have a great demo, brand and market yourself well. Don't give up and be patient. Thank you, Alex, for VoiceOver Gallery and all of my VO pals that helped make this episode possible. As usual, I have everyone's info and links to resources below for you to check out and I'm always here to help if you have any questions. So it looks like that's it for season one. You now have all you need, in my opinion, to get started, build or grow in the VO world. Big thank you to Abisoye for helping me bring this little idea of mine to life and all of the guests and contributors to each episode. You are all so kind and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Without you, none of this would be possible. I'll be taking a few weeks off to recharge and then I'll be back with season two, meeting more amazingly talented people and bringing you more tips and tricks for the video and audio industry. Remember to rate and please leave a review as it helps the pod be seen and continue to grow. Thanks for coming on this adventure with me so far. See you in March. Signing out. Until next season. Peace.